0: Welcome to Twin Peaks Radio, the show where we remember in the words of Mitchell Garland Briggs. A real mystery can't be solved, not completely. It's always just out of reach, like a light around the corner. You might catch a glimpse of what it reveals, feel its warmth, but you can't know the heart of it, not really. That's what gives it value, it can't be cracked. It's bigger than you and me, bigger than everything we know. That won't stop us from trying. (laughs) I'm Professor Robert E. G. Black, and today I'm going to continue my look at the opening titles, specifically an image that is only in the original pilot and the premiere of Season 2. And that is The Big Log. RoadsideAmerica.com describes it. People around Snoqualmie are apparently so familiar with Big Logs that they haven't bothered to identify the giant one park just off the town's main drag. Is it a 12 foot wide Western Red Cedar? A 15 foot wide Sitka Spruce? It's sheltered beneath the Centennial Log Pavilion, erected in 1989. It's so big that it extends over the edges of the railway flat car that hauled it here. But the log is evidently on display not because of its impressive size, but because it's typical of the logs that were hauled through Snoqualmie on their way to the nearest sawmill. It can be found on Railroad Avenue. Wait, I think I have a more specific address. 7864 Washington 202 in Snoqualmie. Backtrack, because I love to backtrack. This is from SnoqualmieValleyMuseum.org. An entry by Dave Batty, 26th April 2021. Have you ever had a vision, a hope, or a plan that you felt was important to your community? One dream that has come to fruition after many years of work by the Valley citizens and businesses is the Log Shelter and Interpretive Center north toward the falls of the Snoqualmie Depot. Starting about 1976, the idea for a sawmill display began to take form. A single giant Douglas fir, enjoyed by generations of Snoqualmie Falls Lumber Company and Weyerhauser employees and visitors, had been struck by lightning. The top half was dead. This venerable giant, which had proudly withstood the primary dangers to tall trees from humankind, high winds, and gravity was now more vulnerable to disease and a threat to its own offspring. As a snag ages and rots, the wood takes on a punky texture. Future lightning strikes could ignite this punk, spewing live coals for hundreds of feet around the tree and triggering forest fires. So after being treasured as a symbol of the past by wood's bosses Don Shriver and Ole Greta for these many years, the decision was made to fall her. Snoqualmie Mayor Charles Peterson heard the news. He dreamed of a specimen log for the city? This log would help everyone understand the challenges and opportunities that the virgin forest had given to our ancestors, whether they worked in the woods or mill, or were the consumers of the straight-grained, clear-of-knots lumber for their homes, farms, and businesses. The mill was interested in helping, but initially perceived the town's requirement as the normal two-foot chunk from the butt of the log, which could be mounted on a base as part of an exhibit. Snoqualmie wanted the whole butt log. Mayor Peterson, and Harry Shook from Wirehauser began negotiating. As the dream of an uniquely impressive log display grew, the Snoqualmie Park Board made a site available, and the mill challenged the city. If Snoqualmie could find a sawmill carriage to put the behemoth on, Wirehauser would donate at least 20 feet of the log containing enough limber to build two average houses. Snoqualmie found a surplus Wirehauser carriage in Aberdeen. It was a big carriage far too big to efficiently cut most of today's second- and third-growth timber, but still dwarfed by the log. It was brought to the mill by railroad, and to the site by Puget Sound Railway Historical Association Locomotive. Then, no easy feat, the log was moved to the site and onto the carriage. Being significantly larger in diameter than a normal log, steel beam braces were installed to keep her on the carriage. It was 1979. Over the years, Covering the log and carriage to protect them from the elements became more and more important. In 1988, as the Snoqualmie Centennial year neared, renewed interest and resources began to come forward. Puget Power provided an architect. Wirehauser supplied huge beams and other historical building materials from Mill Number 1. Many businesses came forward with donated or at-cost materials. Individual citizens donated their time and talents money paid by those producing the television series Twin Peaks, was donated. Supported by Mayor Jean Hansen and directed by City Administrator Kim Wild, this dream of a unique memorial to our past provided a foundation for the structure that now covers the log in 1989 and a completed roof by 1992. Over the years, additional features have been added including a fence to deter vandalism, lighting to show off the log at night, and interpretive signs to tell the story. So the next time you have an idea that you think is important for your community and consider the project to be too big or too difficult, remember this log shelter, or the farm shed at the Snoqualmie Valley Historical Society Museum, or the protected King County Historic Sycamore Corridor on Reddick Road, or the North Bend Depot, or the Snoqualmie Hospital. These and hundreds of other legacies all began as citizens' dreams for our valley. Jump forward. On Wednesday, 2nd February... Oh, Groundhog Day. Yay. You'll get that if you get that. 2011. This is from the Snoqualmie Valley Record, valleyrecord.com. An article by Seth Truscott entitled, Time to Fence Snoqualmie's Big Log, Barrier to Block Vandals at 400-Year-Old Roadside Attraction. The graffiti was only a few days old. Charissa was here. 1-18-11, written in small neat letters with permanent marker, was the newest marking on the surface of Snoqualmie's 400-year-old centennial log. It was hardly the first, and probably not the last, to mar the once mighty, now vulnerable giant. Nearly every square inch of open surface on the mammoth block of fir in downtown Snoqualmie's railroad park is covered with graffiti tags, most in English, many in Spanish, one in Chinese. The log, one of the most visited tourist sites in the city, Gets a new tag almost every other day. If Casey Ferrulli has his way, these kinds of mementos will be a thing of the past. A handyman and self-described green beret troubleshooter for the Snoqualmie Parks Department, Ferrulli sat on the big log as a child. Today he is its chief protector, and battling graffiti is his never-ending task. It's the most important attraction in town, next to the depot, Ferrulli said. Everybody that drives by has to get their picture taken. Problem is. Too many people do more than just take photos. Some visitors climb onto the eroding hollow of the log to get their own picture taken. Others throw rocks at the softening wood. Kids will climb in it, said Snoqualmie historian Dave Batty. The bark of the tree, which can burn like coal, is loose in places and is too easy to take home with you. Most vandals just write their name and the date of their visit. The urge to mark it is something Feruli has never understood. I used to pull over and yell, Hey, respect the log, Fruly said. Now with so much writing on it, he wonders whether such confrontations do any good. Feruli sanded and refinished the log seven years ago, cleaning it up so the visitors could see its rings. Now it looks exactly like it did when I refinished it, he said. The city has asked him to give it the works once again. I don't want to do that until we put some sort of protection around it, Fruly said. Faced with the unending graffiti and steady erosion through vandalism, Veruli's department plans to fence off the tourism magnet with the spiked wrought iron fence. The barrier will permanently ring the entire log and its antique carriage. Veruli said an ornate fence is in keeping with the exhibit. It would remind me of going to a museum, he said. And then we have this article's version of the tree's history. A seedling in 1587, the original centennial tree survived until the 1970s in a glade five miles north of the city. Few such giants can be seen in the region today. Meadowbrook Farm, the space jointly preserved by the cities of Snoqualmie and North Bend, contains a huge cedar tree. Batty takes hikers to view another giant in the Asahel-Curtis Nature Trail on Snoqualmie Pass. Such trees must fight to reach their great size. They compete with shade-tolerant western red cedar. Western Hemlock, and Sitka Spruce. Eventually, some lucky fir trees went out and become giants. But time and gravity ultimately bring them down. Surrounded by a logged forest, the tree that became the centennial log was originally meant to be preserved in its native habitat, but then lightning struck the trunk and killed it, leaving a hundred-foot-tall snag. According to former Snoqualmie Mayor Charles Peterson, foresters believed the dead tree posed a fire danger a logging company took most of the trunk but peterson fought for a 26-foot-long 39,000-pound section to be displayed at the entrance to the city installed in 1977 the log was exposed to the elements until 1989 when a roof was added to protect it by then a lot of damage had already been done the tree began rotting when it lost its top after being struck by lightning and the decay was intensified by all the years in the rain protected under its roof lit by night the log exhibit became a popular tourist attraction as well as a symbol of Snoqualmie's fading logging industry. Batty said the log is a good complement to the nearby Northwest Railway Museum, whose collection documents the region's rail history. Etc. The article continues, but we will move on. Specifically to note where this is in the opening titles, because the opening titles are slightly longer in the pilot, is Between the Sawblades and... The road and the sign for the town, which we'll get to next time, where we will talk about the population of the town. But this goes thematically to more of the same as the last few shots, establishing the setting as rural, a mill town, a place where a lot of people will be involved in the local work at the mill, physical labor, even though most of our actual characters in the show are not that. Hey, kid. You want a toy? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. How about a bike? No. A video game? No! Well, okay. You pick a toy. Yes, log. All kids love log. One rolls downstairs, a motor in pairs, rolls over your neighbor's dog. What's great for a snack? It fits on your back. Remember, in the words of Major Garland Briggs, mystery is the most essential ingredient of life. Mystery creates wonder, which leads to curiosity, which in turn provides the ground for our desire to understand who and what we truly are. This has been a production of Lemming Drop Studio. You can find links to more at lemmingdrops.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Peaks Radio and on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Twin Peaks Radio, or join the Facebook group Lemming Drop Studio Tour. You can also support all of my shows at patreon.com slash lemmingdrops. The owls may not be what they seem, but they still serve an imperative function. They remind us to look into the darkness.